Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood. 
allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series, and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels. And be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. The sky over Dismith was incapable of happiness. No sun or moon or storm could brighten it, forever caught in the perpetual echo of the great darkness. Even on clear days there was a sense of sadness to the upper air, the effulgence of a star proving incapable of warming its cerulean heart. The town squatting beneath the bottomless melancholy was wretched for equally bleak reasons, hauled up from forgotten shadows cast in the shape of a city. It was one of the many grim beacons of the post-Noctum era, calling evil home, or at least offering it shelter until it moved on to darker pastures. The bar was called the Bone Spur. It was situated at the very outskirts of Dismith, such that only the city's tallest buildings could be seen, a crooked collection of broken fingers pointing at nothing. Underground prize fighting was the saloon's crime of choice, funneling money and matches through its murky interior, though never physically hosting them, which was its principal method of skirting detection. Howdy Grant was the owner and operator of the bar, as well as overseer to its less conspicuous activities. He recognized the man who took a seat at the bar, the grisly character with gravel for a voice. He'd arranged his fight personally, even put his own money on it, Fights were seldom easy to predict, hence the high stakes, but he'd heard of the thing in the golden casket and was certain where to put his money. While the man had a look to him and appealed somewhat to the bartender's underdog reflex, he didn't look like the sort who could lay a monster in its grave. Howdy lost a small fortune on the gamble. He also caught hell when the losing party took issue with the way their fighter was left and the trouble it caused when they were obliged to retrieve him. An uncontrolled wildfire drew more than its fair share of complications, legal and otherwise. Howdy was forced to compensate said party for their considerable trouble. He would have loved nothing more than to crack his Louisville baseball bat over the man's skull, and then some, if he weren't so eager to bet on him. 
You, uh, cost me some serious coin, asshole. You needed to start a friggin' forest fire, did you? The arranger growled at the seated man. Sorry, I wasn't expecting the fucking freak show you had laid out in that golden coffin. Things just, uh, sort of got out of hand once the dust started flying, you know? Anyways, I won. Who else you got for me? Howdy was delighted by the question, but he needed to settle the account first. Uh, alright. What about your prize? The bartender asked, curious why money wasn't the first thing they discussed. Let it ride, the man said nonchalantly. Howdy's heart almost skipped a beat. He could smell a payday, a big one. <laughs> you got it, pal, Howdy grinned, yellow teeth blending with the dirty light. Trying to size the man up, he just couldn't figure what made him so deadly. He was on the larger side, though not huge by any means, and his age fell somewhere near 40, if not more. Even his eyes lacked the casual ice of a fighter, let alone a killer. They almost seemed sad. This was hardly a creature that exuded lethality, and more importantly, if that fact were marketed shrewdly enough, the arranger could make a killing, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I uh, got this big client that blows through here every month or so, looking for fresh meat. I might be able to arrange something, but you'd have to come in so we could get a load of you. You win this guy over, <laughs> and you'll be swimming in clam sauce. I don't care about the money. I just want the fights. The more the better. The tougher the better. You get me? Howdy finally saw a sliver of soul behind the man's eyes, what made him tick what made him deadly. It was hunger. The passengers arrived at Yellowcliff deep into the evening, the sprawl of the larger city hidden beneath the blackness. As was usual for the hour, no one slept. Lynn was picking at the facts of their current situation, running her mind along its edges, looking for the rough spots. Her comrades were largely silent, allowing the haunting melody of Keith's whistling its sway. And while everyone's eyes were open, she knew that none of them looked outward, more likely staring into the depths of their own plight. The hotel might have been condemned yesterday, but it would be the best place for them, the least conspicuous. Her void sipped at the senses populating the building, registering every signal, every squalid little life. Even the most visceral of details no longer made her quiver, this growing indifference to the horror of it all made her realize what qualified her as leader, the loss of her soul. Something else was coming into focus as well, beyond the sensory payload she was accustomed to, something more personal, or perhaps less. She could feel the misery afloat in the lives she detected, little points of darkness resonating with each other, with her. They seemed to sense her as much as she sensed them. Shaking it all off, she said, Building's clean, just the usual refuse. After securing two adjoining rooms, Lynn took the key from the scarcely human-looking thing on the opposite side of the chicken-wire divider. She dimmed her senses just enough to navigate. The place was more like a hive for humans than a hotel, but the passengers were growing accustomed to the worst accommodations. The grime of the interior didn't feel confined merely to walls and floors, but seemed to sully the light itself, soiling its radiance, 
turning it sickly, like so much spoiled honey spread throughout. Despite the rotting aesthetic, Keith seemed to enjoy the sights, never once dropping his smile, not even for the hallway that reeked of urine and vomit, or the sounds of domestic abuse coupled with the contrived squealings of paid sex. The rooms were hellholes of wood rot and ripe garbage, connected by a central door, inconveniently located within the one and only bathroom, the fetid nucleus of a tiny world of filth. Lynn could feel the collective revulsion of her teammates, save of course for Keith, who dropped his duffel to the floor and proclaimed, Doesn't all this make your heart swell for our little shack on Lineage Street? What a wonderful gift, all this wonderful filth, to remind us just how good we have it. Naturally, no one responded to the conductor, all except Mars, who offered a single exasperated grunt. Eric produced the movie tickets Spider Black had given them and laid them face up on the small desk pushed into the corner after brushing cigarette butts and ashes from its surface. Reading the invitation written on the ticket, he invited the next leg of their journey. We will be expecting you. Where? The merger building, banquet hall. When? Tuesday the 12th of August, 2 a.m. Eric looked away from the ticket, eyeing the assembly. Well, now all we need do is locate this merger building. Will we be seeking out another uplink center? All eyes went to Lynn, as was becoming reflex. She imagined herself as the archetypically clever, cigar-chomping leader so often depicted in TV and cinema, and inwardly chuckled at the comparison. Before Lynn could assume her role as burgeoning leader, Hazel looked up from her already unfolded laptop, interjecting, I'm actually getting a signal here, and the city database is currently loading up. Everyone just milled about, apparently inspecting the grunge in greater detail, while the loading bar slowly crawled across the bottom of the screen. Hazel inspected the results as they populated the display. It lists the merger building, a skyscraper, as having fallen into a sinkhole sometime during the Great Darkness. Somehow it fell hundreds of feet into the crack and remained relatively intact. Go figure. Also says there was an official proposal to repel into what's now called Merger's Ditch, but was abandoned for safety reasons. Looks like Spider wasn't kidding when he said these showings were in hard-to-reach places. Shouldn't be too hard getting down there, but staying unseen while we do it, well, that could be tricky, Mars said, getting down to the matter of strategy. We've been invited. Why all the cloak and dagger? Keith asked, pointing to the tickets. Even so, I'd rather not be any more visible than necessary. Plus, I think it'd be a good idea to get down there beforehand, get a sense of what we're really getting ourselves into. Lynn countered, assuming control of the plan. Couldn't be any worse than the shithole we're in now, Mars declared. What are you trying to do, jinx us? Hazel barked at the Warbringer. Mars didn't answer, only offering another of his signature grunts, tinged ever so slightly with a grin. Well, um, my bro- uh, my other could lower everyone down at once, and easily enough. Uh, I suspect we'd only need a rope. Lynn instantly noticed the verbal stumble as had everyone else, she suspected. Eric had never offered to transform, nor had he ever referenced his abilities. She was uncertain what the change signaled, if anything. That's not such a bad idea, 
Mars offered, looking to Lynn for the final word. I guess we just need to find some rope then. Castilian detested the Fleshweaver, regardless of its perfected racial status. And while he attributed aesthetics only the smallest indicia of worth, he couldn't deny how much the look of the thing informed his opinion of it. Furthermore, as an entity capable of shaping its appearance to resemble whatever it liked, that it chose to look like a grotesque humanoid spider thing only signaled the poor health of its mind. Regardless, the Hanyama kept his feelings in check as the creature finished its flesh spinning. While Byron Ditch no longer benefited from a body, having disintegrated the instant the Malsapien withdrew her power, his ensnared soul was still detectable, as the enfolding flesh somewhat responded to the impulses of the spirit within, resulting in a muffled groaning that offset the clicking of the monster's dancing spinnerets. This one took much time in the twisting. It's so potent with so much luscious nectar. I must set carefully my weave, lest the skin do its bidding, Scrime said, looking across at the Hanyama with several of its multitudinous eyes. Castilian was familiar with the properties of the creature's webbing, that it could stay the migration of the soul, among other things. Although he was indeed unaware of the special cares needing to be taken with specific subjects, he wondered if perhaps such nuances influenced, out of necessity, the shape the creature assumed. I am a patient being, Scrime, and one who, like yourself, I'm quite certain, wants his business done as thoroughly as circumstances allow. Castilian responded to the thing crouched down at the center of the sprawling flesh web the overhanging blackness obscuring the weaver's countless victims. The netting of its lair was comprised from completely different materials and purposes, possessing muscle tissues that allowed for the strands to flex and constrict, toothsome maws for the piercing and securing of flesh, hollow tubers for the transmission of fluids, and lidless eyes that provided unblinking vigilance. I think this one near complete. Though I would waste not a second at its placement to the tower, this one's soul is a stubborn one. See here? The fleshweaver aimed one of its barbed forelegs at a small protuberance swelling from the top of the cocooned oversapien. Already the skin quivers to the strength of the soul to do its bidding, to be shaped by it. Too soon, it could wake the skin to its will. So be quick, Hanuma, like the wind. Scrime spoke his words from different mouths scattered across its web, irritating the Hanuma. I have not been standing here awaiting your orders, but sent to present you with yours. My servant will see to the disposal of the Oversapien, Castilian said firmly trying to conceal his displeasure with the creature. After another, smaller Hanuma received the proffered cocoon and vanished into the shadows beyond the web, Castilian approached Scrime, levitating above the convulsing strands until he was quite close to the flesh weaver. The action was more a demonstration of his fearlessness than anything else 
and seemed only appropriate after the weaver's earlier stunt. Prior to the decision to cull the Oversapiens, the two rarely crossed paths, which was just as well for the Hanuma, but due to the demands of the process, they were now obliged to work more closely, a condition that was about to worsen. The glow of Castilian's eyes revealed more of the monster's features than was healthy to behold, and the Hanuma stilled his reflex to smash such a ghastly thing. Our master wishes for you to accompany me during the culling, to avoid any additional inconveniences like those suffered for the sake of recovering the Oversapien's essence. Scrime's head, if it was indeed such, twitched rapidly, insect-like apparently processing the new marching orders. Splendid, it finally said. I will enjoy seeing the above places, though I will need to prepare eyes better suited to starlight. Yes, a wise decision indeed, and you may also wish to affect a new body, for those occasions we may desire to walk undetected or at least have such a body close by, should circumstances warrant. Castilian offered, finding the conversation strange, and perhaps a bit beneath him, conversing with an insect, after all. Yet it was his master's wish that he do so, and he was nothing if not dutiful. The lightless cavern began to shake, groaning with the lurch and crush of deep tectonic movement. Castilian hovered high and away from the mounting calamity, which emanated from directly below him. The very foundation of the cave itself was lifting, pushing through the darkness with monstrous strength, a breaching leviathan. Huge chitinous pincers, hordes of hooked and tittering mandibles, legions of ropey, flexing tentacles, all of them mounted atop a massive obsidian black carapace, broke through the blackness and into the Hanuma's view. This was the flesh weaver revealed. Its sprawling colossal form sprung from the shadows where it lay, indistinguishable from the titan stones and gullies that surrounded it. Like a vast island lifted from hell, Scrime's true dimensions confronted Castilian. I have so many bodies, Hanuma. Which of them do you think most appropriate? The Flesh Weaver's voice now boomed through innumerable hollows and yawning maws, increasing in volume to match its enormity. Before the Hanuma could respond, bioluminescent fluids pent within transparent ovoid membranes rose into the air upon creaking organic stalks, glazing the cavern in sapphire light. Simultaneously, a fissure opened between two layers of chitin along the creature's side, revealing a chamber as deep and wide as an airplane hangar, all of it filled with different shapes, bodies. They ranged from the extragalactically alien to the prosaically human, and there were thousands of them. Castilian steeled his expression, keeping his amazement to himself. He was uncertain where to direct his gaze to properly address the monster, as what he initially took for the weaver was now only one among hundreds of fleshy extrusions. Continuing to address the shape he first confronted, Castilian said, Whichever one you choose will be sufficient, I'm sure. His tone was flat, 
determined as he was to undermine the moment. Very few of your kind have come to my home under the world, and fewer still have departed it. Does that trouble you? Castilian's eyes blazed against the blue glow of the organic lamps, their radiant silver slicing through the inferior light. I have no idea what members of my kind you might have felled, but I am certain they must have been weaklings, a lot of them, and I find it amusing that you should now ask for my fear, since you've otherwise proven incapable of it. And be sure of one thing, creature, Scrime. I am not to be trifled with. The cave shook yet again, only this time at the behest of a mind that could crack open a mountain, should it choose to. Loosening his mental grip upon the stone of the chamber, the Hanyama asked, Is this how you wish to begin our enterprise? Are we not beholden to the same master? What good can come of any of this? You are correct. Great Hanyuma, Castilian, there is no need for this, only I want to test you. So many find my kind unpleasant. I merely wish to satisfy myself with your bravery at the sight of me. I am pleased you have passed my test, and then some. And perhaps I have not supped upon your brethren after all. My memory is too vast a thing to be certain of anything so specific. The creature's words did little to calm the Hanyuma, but Castilian was willing to overlook the continued affronts for the sake of his mission and the alliance it required. Very well. I will return for you in a night's time. Please be prepared. Castilian wanted to be finished with the conversation and the creature altogether. His anger was a patient thing, but it had limits. Oh, I shall certainly be prepared. In fact, you are unlikely to find me any other way, Castilian. Scrime chortled through countless clicking mandibles and beak maws. Castilian weighed the words of the abomination and replied, Indeed, but we will see. We will see. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.